Hi Karishma. Hi, congratulations on your HT branch story and welcome to the HT branch podcast. Thanks for having me. I think brunch is something I look forward to, you know, <laughs> digging into on my Sunday, both literally and the HT branch version. So I'm glad to be a part of it. Well, we're glad that you do that. <laughs> But uh you know, so tell us a little about um you know since you are uh, you've been in the industry for so long um what is the fashion scene like during the pandemic i know everybody is just work from home and there are so many people putting up tips and tricks you know and hacks and um but according to you what has it been like overall because i think the pandemic has also made everybody realize the importance of sustainable fashion so that's something that we're all uh, i mean i hope that we're all looking at um so tell us you know i think uh, the pandemic has been a very difficult time for everybody on the whole the last few months you know i mean and while you know a lot of people have dealt with you know personal challenges and tragedies i think uh, fashion has been a little bit on the back burner yeah most but i think the you know inevitability of working from home and those endless zoom calls for example i think have been a area where people have you know chosen or felt the need to really dress up or put forth a little more professional and a presentable face Mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. same time i also feel you know sometimes fashion is just something that uh, you know has become more personal i would say in this last few months because a lot of people have felt fashion as a way of escape or a way of kind of you know elevating their spirits yeah. in a way where it's not necessarily for somebody else but just for them to feel a little bit more put together a little bit more you know creative a little bit more inspired rather than it being a endless you know 370 or 380 days of you know pajamas and track pants so i think it's been like a really kind of a refuge from the dimness and the bleakness all around and that's another take on fashion which i think where it it, it has a purpose over yeah. and apart the physicality of it right right and now getting a little personal how are you dressed right now or and how do you usually um, go around you know um when you you have a zoom call or like a video meeting how do you kind of make sure you dress up you know i think for most part of the pandemic like 
everybody else we've all kind of rediscovered the guilty pleasures of you know being in kind of uh, lounge wear for the most of the day you know so whether it's like like easy track pants and a t-shirt or you know just wearing slides at home you know it's just really been all about comfort for most of us because we are multitasking in our day and our you know our use of spaces has kind of become versatile at the same time i feel you know uh, for zoom or if i'm having a professional meeting i mean you know i just think sometimes it's nice to dress up not only because you're being on camera or video or whatever i think you know a lot of people kind of miss the fact that you know clothes make you feel a certain way and you know if i'm in the middle of a presentation or i'm kind of you know speaking with a client or you know for a project i mean just the fact that you know when i'm put together and maybe people resonate with this thought you know your thoughts you you think more crisply you feel more kind of more pulled together in terms of in your like is a professional side of your head that's working faster so i do like to kind of i mean not dress to the nines but dress up more formally for my you know work calls because i think i function differently when i'm dressed a certain way so are you dressed up right now right now i'm in lounge wear so. <laughs> <laughs> i mean there i try and be a little more creative you know so for example i'm wearing like a beautiful you know uh, track pants uh, with an interesting zipper detail that i bought a few years ago and then there's a t-shirt i color of choice usually is black and then i have camo you know slides that yeah. i'm just kind of wearing so it's not like you know i mean you're uh, out sweeping the yard kind of dress but in a way where it's a little more casual and relaxed than what i would normally wear all right and what do you think post pandemic what do you think the fashion sense is going to be like you know i think uh, that the fashion historically has kind of gone in a more glitzy you know uh, more celebratory more kind of a uh, flamboyant route is what it's taken especially like the spanish flu and the roaring 20s if you see yeah. but i think what people will kind of feel is hopefully a need to consume more mindfully and that's mm-hmm. something that as a designer i've always believed in i mean you know clothes from my first and second collection also still are worn by my clients after all these years so wow. there is a longevity to buying quality and you know well thought of timeless design yeah. so i hope people will kind of appreciate that rather than just stuffing their wardrobes with a lot of you know uh, one night stands as opposed to a lasting relationship is how i would kind <laughs> of code it for you and hope they will invest in those relationships with clothes and stuff that they choose to buy that's one direction i also ho- hope people you know kind of get out of this mindset of blindly following trends or a celebrity mm. and really discover their own style as opposed to just blindly following fashion mm-hmm. so rather than you know buying something because they xyz wore it or bought it i mean i'd love for yeah. people to kind of discover their own style you know maybe it's something from their existing wardrobe something which is a tribal artifact or something they bought from an artisan directly with a piece of high fashion i mean it would be nice to kind of see where their own you know using style and fashion as a way of expressing their self yeah. i think is the way hopefully that we see forward rather than just blindly aping other people correct and true um so who would you call the current fashion icon in india i mean according to you of course you know it's very hard to pick one as a fashion icon but i think one of from the men i think rahul khanna really kills it in terms of you know being mm-hmm. always looking like him because i think the the mark of a true fashion icon is somebody you know who kind of has their own individual style and right. who you can identify regardless of what trends they are kind of adapting to their wardrobe you know so right. i think he definitely is somebody who i think is very stylish 
and uh, you know there's so many from the girls you know it's, i think it's very hard to but i think uh, you know anushka sharma who i think is somebody again kind of whatever i've seen of a casual style never yeah. overdoes it and it's still very like kind of identifiable and very easy so i think that that is a is a easy breezy pandemic fit way of kind of approaching fashion i think all right and talking about the pandemic um tell us uh, you know what have you been up to during the lockdown you know there have been so many lockdowns so it's hard to figure which one we are talking about well here. both lockdowns <laughs> both lockdowns well, yes i think last lockdown was a you know like i think the first time around for everybody and you know i think uh, we were very blessed because we had a baby daughter right at the beginning of the lockdown so the first oh, yeah. few months went by in a tizzy trying to kind of adapt to parenthood and understanding you know the needs of uh, a small infant and then through the second then of course we resumed work and i began working on my film shoots and you know working on a new collection and all of that has been in progress so the second lockdown i mean has i think we all knew how to kind of handle a lockdown earlier mm. you know so it was not like a completely disorienting situation worrisome of course and we had a little covid outbreak at home and stuff like that as did many people so it was harder the second time around in that sense but i think we've all come to the conclusion that you know this is the new way of life and till things kind of normalize which maybe another year away or whatever we have to adapt to this and make the most of it you know and i think a important lesson in both these lockdowns has been you know a more uh, clear sense of gratitude for all that is going well rather than feeling dissatisfied about things which are not going well right and any lockdown self discoveries and learnings that you've had you know personally you know i've always been i mean i always joke that you know if i had not been a fashion designer i would have been either a wildlife photographer or a chef So mm-hmm. of course, wildlife photography has not been possible. My uh, joy for cooking, and right. you know, kind of doing a whole lot with that. Also, because uh, you know, I mean, it's just kind of this creativity. I think is uh, omnipresent, no matter what one does. You know, so mm-hmm. whether it's uh, taking you know pantry ingredients and uh, dishing up something new, or whether it's kind of understanding nutrition better, or mm-hmm. you know, using food as a way of communicating joy in terms of colors and visuals and stuff like that. I think it's been a an interesting distraction apart from uh, you know work which has been pretty constant through the pandemic and tell us a few things that you've actually uh, made and that's been appreciated <laughs> oh you know i well i mean it's hard to kind of describe food on a podcast but <laughs> i think uh, uh, you know i i for me see i think uh, the way i approach my uh, you know design i think it's about right. treating your ingredients well whether it is fabric mm. or whether it is for example you know you're making a salad with a certain kind of ingredients mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. doing that in a way where it uh, it you know respects the ingredients it's creative in terms of process it makes your life easier it's all about the same thing so i've been cooking a whole range of salads i've been doing you know thai curries i've been experimenting a lot with cast iron grills and uh, you know griddle pans and kind of reading up on that so it's been interesting to keep my mind sane and body healthy during these months and anybody in particular you know who you take uh, uh, recipes from like there are a lot of chefs who are posting and a lot of people who are posting um, um you know recipes online so anybody that you actually looked up and you were like ha huh. you know for no- novice chefs or those who are kind of see for me i think food has to be uh, fast fresh and simple i'm yeah. not uh, in the favor of i can't 
spend eight hours toiling over a hot gas. I mean, that's the defeats the purpose. Like I always said, you know, I mean, if today your clothes need three people to help you get in and out of them, you're living in the wrong century, honey. So it's the same with yeah. the food. So it has to be. So I think two people whose food I think is quite interesting for those who are, you know, kind of want to experiment cooking. I think Jamie Oliver does some really easy uh, and, you know, kind of creative ways. Although I don't necessarily take recipes from anybody as is, I kind of create my own or uh, tweak them. And the mm-hmm. other one is, you know, uh, this uh, channel called Marion's Kitchen, who is this okay. uh, half Thai, half Australian chef, you know, who was, mm-hmm. I think, a part of MasterChef as well, who mm-hmm. does a nice take on Asian cooking. So it's, you can kind of take a little bit of these two and kind of whip up your own things. I think that's, there's enough creativity there. Right. All right. And finally, um, tell us how much time do you spend on social media now that Clubhouse is also there? And how do you kind of see social media? Like, is it just a platform where you, um, you know, stay in touch with people? I mean, I think that's Facebook, if at all. Or do you see it as a platform where you actually promote your work as well? Uh, See, I think social media is a little like the pandemic. You can't avoid it and you have to adapt to it. So <laughs> there's plenty of good things, unlike the pandemic, about social media. So, yeah. you know, it's it's like, I mean, when the first telephone invented, I'm sure there were people who said, you know, oh, what is the point? Like if you've seen Downton Abbey, you know, it's like how the yeah. just says, electricity, what's that? But I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a part of our lives, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't escape it. I mean, for me, uh, you know, I end up using Instagram a lot and I end up using, uh, well, Clubhouse is rather new. So yeah. it'll take a while to kind of declutter it. I've been listening to some fashion-inspired chats on Clubhouse, which... For a part, have been you know informative, and there's no pressure of visuals, so it's a little yeah. more kind of easy than you know kind of doing a Zoom or an Insta live. Mm-hmm. But I think social media is like anything else which is around us. We have to curate and make it work for us rather than be a slave to it, you know. And I think as a designer, what I do on social media is I is a little bit of uh, you know kind of putting out my work uh, to a larger audience. And a little bit about my life, because I think it's interesting when it's a mix of both rather than it be like a sterile brand page of just promoting and selling products or it be entirely personal, which for which, I mean, there is uh, WhatsApp family groups to kind of share all of that, you know. So good to have a balance of what you put out there. And I think hopefully it's a authentic and engaging representation for our audience and friends. Right. Uh, so in total, how many hours are we talking about in a day? Uh, you know, never ask a woman uh, how many shoes she owns. And I think you never ask me how many hours on social media. It depends. <laughs> I mean, there are days when I've got a crazy busy schedule and I don't get any time online at all. Mm-hmm. And then there are, you know, days where it's a little bit like a, like a, like a sugar rush. So I'm trying to kind of be sane and cut down. <laughs> all right. I think that's all of us right now. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. You know, I think it's also, I think what has been also a blessing with social media is it's also allowed us to, you know, connect with people in a non-intrusive way. Yeah. Which has been, uh, you know, quite nice because I mean, some of them who you necessarily don't, you know, always, you, you may kind of uh, hesitate to pick up the phone and call or, you know, have the pressure. I mean, it's just that you know at least what's vaguely going on in everybody's life that they put online. And then, of course, it allows an opportunity to connect and genuinely kind of make a connection with people, which would not happen if you were not completely absent from social. Yeah, true. All right, Nachiket, uh, thank you so much for your time and thank you for doing this. It's my pleasure as always. And I look forward to connecting soon. Stay safe and hopefully this pandemic passes in the next few yes. months. Yes, that is the hope. Yes. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Bye, Karish. 
My first memories of pizza has got to be at Nirula's in Delhi, which remained a family favorite for at least a decade. But today, there's a wide range of pizzas with every kind of topping imaginable that's available. Um, I have had way too many great pizzas in Delhi to pick one, but I do love music in mountains a lot. And in Mumbai, it's been a lot easier to pick, to be honest. I stick to Ray's in Bandra West. Are any of them authentic or classic pizzas? I don't think so. Um, but they're comforting enough and that is the definition of a good pizza for me. Here's what HD Brunch columnist Veer Sangvi has to say about the history and authenticity of the dish. The next time somebody comes and tells you that this is an authentic pizza... You know what to do. You tell him to go and take a flying jump. Because there is no such thing as an authentic pizza. There's in fact no such thing as a pizza. There are many kinds of pizzas. Even within Italy, the pizzas of Rome and the pizzas of Naples are very different. But anyhow, though pizza is of course Italian in origin, it was made famous and reinvented in America. It was Italian immigrants to the United States who at the beginning of the 20th century made it a popular dish. And they have very different styles all over America. A New York slice, in New York to make large pizzas and sell you a slice, has nothing in common with the San Francisco pizza, which is nothing in common with the deep dish pizza in Chicago. So don't be fooled when people say this is authentic and this is not. There is no such thing. Every pizza has a right to exist, judged on its own terms. What does make a difference, I think, is the philosophy. There are two kinds of people. There are people who like pizzas because they like the base, they like the breadiness, for want of a better term. And there are people who like pizzas because they like the toppings. Now, it depends entirely on you which kind of person you choose to be. But I am the kind of person who doesn't care too much about toppings. I care about the actual readiness of the pizza. I care about the base. And if you are going to do that, then there are a few people who make really excellent pizzas in India. The best pizzas in Delhi are made by Ritu Dalmia at the Italian Cultural Center Cafe. They're like Roman pizzas. And the best pizzas in Mumbai are made by Alex Sanchez at Americano. They're not Roman, they're not Naples. They're his own version of what could well be a Naples pizza. But there are many different people making many different pizzas. Vikram Jeet Roy has just started Woke Pizza and it's taken off all over Delhi. So keep looking and just enjoy the pizza and don't worry about whether it's authentic or not. Have you watched Mayor of Easttown? Or rather, did you fall in love with Kate Winslet all over again while watching it? I sure did. I mean, apart from her acting skills, I really admired the fact that she portrayed a 40-year-old as a 40-year-old. Unlike the 40-year-olds in Bollywood who try to look 20 and even play characters in their 20s. You can see the lines and wrinkles in Kate's face clearly in the series, which makes her more believable, more relatable. I mean, I turned 30 last year and I've started fretting about wrinkles and grey hair. But I think I'll just chill and embrace age as it comes, like Kate as Mare has. Well, here's what HD Brunch columnist Seema Goswami has to say about the show and Kate. If you have watched Mare of Easttown, you will have seen Kate Winslet completely de-glamorize herself to play the detective of the title. 
Winslet says that she was determined to portray a middle-aged woman as they really exist in real life, with broadening middles, less than luminescent complexions, and wrinkles that hint at a life fully lived. This was her body in her mid-40s, and she wasn't going to pretend it was any different. The result is an authentic portrait of a woman in middle age, a little battered around the edges, a wee bit worse for wear, but magnificent in her authenticity. I couldn't help but think of Winslet as I sat through the Friends reunion. Having grown up with Friends, I feel a sense of kinship with the ladies of the show. And watching them now, in their 50s, I have to say that it all came as a bit of a jolt. Whereas Lisa Kudrow appeared to have embraced the passage of time, making peace with the inevitable wrinkles around her eyes, mouth and neck, Jennifer Aniston looked as if she had been frozen in her mid-30s. And there was Courtney Cox, except that she was more of a cautionary tale of the dangers of too much Botox and way too many fillers. In fact, looking at her made me appreciate Sarah Jessica Parker more than I have ever done. In her latest series, Divorce, Parker looks like the best version of her middle-aged self. But these are actresses who have the best resources at their command to look their best at whatever age they are. What do the rest of us do? Well, if you ask me, we should let the wrinkles dance across our faces, telling the story of our tears and laughter, and let our waistlines expand in tribute to how much life we have tasted. Let's embrace our years instead of fighting to hide the marks they have left on us. She's our social media star of the week for going viral with her Reels remix of her original composition, Kareeb, taking a page out of British musician Jacob Collier's book. But this isn't the only thing Delhi musician Kamakshi Khanna has been up to during the lockdown. She's releasing her next single soon and has been busy giving fans a glimpse of her raw originals as and when she writes them with her green room sessions. We got her to recreate the one inspired by the Friends reunion. Hope you enjoy it. Hi guys, I'm Kamakshi Khanna. I'm a singer-songwriter based in New Delhi. And the song that I'll be playing for you is a medley of the Friends theme, which is I'll Be There For You by the Rembrandts, and one of my own songs called We Haven't Spoken For A Year, which is about meeting your friends after a really long time and it feeling exactly the same which was inspired by watching the Friends reunion. So hope you guys like it. No one told you life was gonna be this way Your job's a joke, you're broke Your love life's DOA it's like you're always stuck in second gear And when it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your We haven't spoken for a year But I remember that cafe you like And whenever I go there I tell that story for the Funnier when it happened They'll never know 
Everything changes, but nothing really changes at all. We're just trying to make it. We'll always find our way back home. I'll be there for you when the rain starts to pour. I'll be there for you like I've been there before. I'll be there for you, and you'll be there for me too. Thank you so much for having me. Hope you guys have a great Sunday brunch. The weekend is when you take a break from a hectic week, whether it's work from home or work from work. It's also a day to develop perspective on things by not just consuming news, but also analyzing it by listening to different points of views and figuring out what you feel about it. We hope we've been able to do just that with today's HD Brunch podcast. Feel free to give us feedback and suggestions on HD Smartcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or DM us directly at HD Brunch on Instagram and Twitter. To listen to more podcasts, log on to hdsmartcast.com or suno nay nazariye se. I will see you back here next weekend with another dose of entertainment that keeps things real. Till then, happy brunching, guys! This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.